Welcome to episode 25 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. This is Jim Reamer, as always. Uh, I will be operating alone this weekend, though, or because of uh, oh, a technical glitch on our part, and Zach would not be able to join us this evening. And so I want to apologize to Zach for his time that we put in last night on the podcast that didn't make it to market. So uh, same format as, oral, as usual. We're going to go through the uh, updates of scholarships and commitments from the past week and then move on to our main topic, which this week is going to be dealing with transfers. So uh, we will get started on that. But just a reminder that all of our podcasts can be subscribed to or listened to on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify, and they are hosted currently on SoundCloud. So those are three ways you can get to those podcasts. And uh, definitely would be appreciate a, a, a rating and a review and your continued listenership. So we're getting about, I don't know, anywhere from 125 to 140 listeners a week, which uh, you know is a good start for just what is now our 25th episode. It only took us 25 episodes to screw something up majorly. So... It was definitely my fault. So uh, moving into the offers from last week, starting last Tuesday, Cam Hafner from Westfield picked up an offer from Huntington uh, NAI School, which is the Crossroads League. Andrew Bennett, point guard from Shenandoah, picked up an offer from Wabash. Javon Small, a, a podcast favorite of ours, certainly of, of mine, uh, picked up an offer from Miami of Ohio. And Charlie Williams coming in uh, last Thursday, picked up an offer from Youngstown State. Draven Gibbs picked up uh, an offer from Purdue. So that's his first offer for the freshman. And it's definitely, you know, Big Ten schools is just kind of a big deal. Um, Sean Black has picked up an offer from Indiana South Bend. Um, Langdon Hatton, center out of North Harrison has picked up an offer from Central Michigan. Cooper Jacoby from Silver Creek picked up an offer from Townsend State. And just to fly back there a little bit, Sean Black is a point guard at Warren Central. Blake Barker, with our one commitment of the week, committed to Army. And then Leland Walker, right before we came on the air last night, picked up an offer from Florida International. So adding to his list as well. Uh, the, The one I want to touch on, not that we we just touch on one, but certainly Gibbs. He is he had a phenomenal freshman year at at McCutcheon and entering his sophomore year. Last year they didn't have a whole lot of offensive weapons and so a lot of responsibility was placed on him to to create plays and to finish plays. And I know early in the year he struggled with some of the physicality but that he got that worked out pretty quickly once he started to figure some things out and understand that he could probably get by most of his guys and you know within a step or two and just his ability to to shoot means you've got to crowd him and then his ability to to put the ball on the floor and make decisions and score off the dribble is probably is his strongest suit so it's crafty in the paint with the ball he's got a a variety of finishing finishing moves Um, He can finish through contact. He can extend the ball through traffic. And just offensively, a fun player to watch. Defensively, still very much a work in progress, but then most young guys are. Uh, But um, as he matures, his defense is – as he's matured, his defense has gotten a lot better. So um, the Blake Barker commitment, you know, he's a kid. This was his 
up to now his only Division One opportunity. And he was a, in our mind, kind of a tweener between a D2 and a, you know, maybe lower D1 and maybe even ultra competitive, you know, NAIA schools, which for us here in Indiana, we're, we're blessed to have the Crossroads Leagues, which is pretty much the best NAIA conference in the country. And then even the other schools like IU East, Holy Cross, IU Kokomo, um, IU Southeast are schools that compete extremely well uh, at the NAIA level. And then Indiana South Bend has been sort of moving toward that upper echelon, creeping up there a little bit more and more each way, each year. So a um, lot of good NAIA level basketball in the state. So as Blake was getting some of those opportunities, it was there was going to be a question. It was a kid that I've always thought was athletically enough uh, or athletic enough to be a Division One player. I think he leaps. He could improve laterally. So there were some defensive concerns with him. Um, but as far as his ability to shoot, his his you know he's extremely strong. His ability to get in traffic and finish and take contact. Um, he was, you know, definitely if you were a low lower level D one program like you know schools in the Ohio Valley, which is still a very good conference, um, or you know places like Belmont and Lipscomb that Lipscomb that are consider low major conferences um but th those would have been situations like what butler would have been when they were in the early stages of the horizon league uh, back um right when they came out of the mcc so so those are the types of places i thought barker could have gone to and, and army falls right into that category so it's a great situation for him he's an intense kid um, i think he'll do well in, the, in a military environment he comes from from a basketball family as well. His father, his father Lance, was a really good player in the late '80s at uh, Columbus East. So, you know, congratulations to Blake. He's a kid that I've known a little bit, and uh, this is a good situation for him. So, Leland Walker. Last thing before we move into the transfers, th this is a kid that at some point has got to start getting some high major offers, and I know Xavier's been on board with him. So that definitely has, has started that. Um, I, I think the only concern from a Big Ten level or from, from a, a power, you know, from one of those other Power 7 conferences uh, is just his size. But he's so elusive in the paint. He, he can, he's able to snake his way through traffic. He's able to elevate to the point where he can get some vision above bigger defenders. Um, but for some reason... He's not started to get those multiple D1 offers. And, you know, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what it takes to break through on that. Um, to, you know, just one of my favorite kids in that class 2022. So Leland certainly will get that opportunity. Uh, and, and if nothing else, he's got Xavier that's definitely going to recruit him, and, and he will do well at that level. He will be a kid that probably in certain situations will have some you know, some defensive issues just with size. And there'll be teams that will try to, you know, take advantage of that with, with trying to push him into bigger matchups or against bigger matchups. Um, he might be able to – he might have some issues seeing over double teams, uh, you know, off ball screen action. Uh, there'll be a variety of ways teams will attack that. But he's such a – he's such a – he's so quick with the ball and such a tremendous athlete. And I think as he starts to get – in a position where he's, he has to adjust. He'll make those reads, and he'll just be a nightmare to um, 
to cover at, at a lot of levels. So um, that's it as far as the offers and commitments this week. Uh, Langdon, Langdon Hatton has continued his parade of mid-major offers. And um, Javon Small, same thing. And, and Javon may be another guy too. I think some high majors have sniffed around a little bit but have yet to pull the trigger. Just physically, he has a lot of the tools that it takes. And I think the rest of it is just teams haven't been able to see him play in person, you know, because of COVID. And, and, but his, his performance on the court has been stellar. So. so that's it for offers. We will take a quick break, and then we will move right into the transfers. From the transfer perspective, usually – it's June when we start getting a lot of this information, and it's and it's a much easier because you get a chance to watch these guys in, in June play with their school teams, and, you know, the new-look teams are, are what we see. Um, you know, this year we've not been able to watch school teams play. We, we've not been able to get into practices or, or move around, even, even some of the, uh, you know, the sprinkling of events that take place in June – um, you know, the top 100 or, um, you know, and, and even the Charlie Hughes Invitational, which is a pretty big event for the month of June. And it's for guys like me and anybody that's listening to this podcast, it's probably a big event for you as well because it's, it's if nothing else, it's the one chance to see these guys play in their new roles. Some of this will go around the team camps and watch teams play, school teams play. And they'll go around to all the different shootouts that get set up, the, the smaller shootouts. And then also there's league play at Best Choice, Grand Park, places like that. So there's just a lot of opportunities normally in the month of June to see these guys in their new role. So that's also the time we get a chance to see transfers. That's not the case this year, so we're sort of scrambling and doing some old-fashioned reporting. And, and so this is the list we've come up with. So... Basically, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely sure once we get through this list, somebody will send us a message and say, hey, you forgot about this kid or, you know, what about this kid or, you know, a lot of these guys are bigger names. You know, we've, we've pulled some coaches in areas that uh, some of it we've seen on social media already. Um, but and I'm sure there's going to be some that we we miss. And, and, and really, we are just looking at kids that are mostly competing at the varsity level. Um and, you know, the JV guys are – and we're definitely not counting incoming freshmen who are going to schools in different districts or maybe have chosen a private school versus their public school. None of that stuff is even considered a transfer by IHSAA standards. So uh, so this, this is what we've got. What I'll do is we'll start in the class of 2021. We'll go through the list real quick that we've got, and then we'll talk about um, – some of the better ones or some of the maybe not better ones, but some of the key ones. And, um, and, and really at this point, I think all of them are key. So we'll, we'll get to it. So 2021, Jaden Brewer has transferred from Avon to Ben Davis. You'll hear uh, another Avon transfer as well here later. Ashton Davis, a starting guard at Charleston, has transferred to Jeffersonville. Michael Ely, one that we've already discussed, has transferred from Fort Wayne Snyder to Elevation Prep out of Fort Wayne. Chase Garrett, who's made some headlines down in South Spencer, uh, has transferred from Fort Myers, uh, a Fort Myers, Florida high school. To, I think it was called Canterbury to South Spencer High School. Chase Garrett is the son of Josh Garrett, 
who was on their better South Spencer teams in the mid and late 90s. Uh, Noah Gordon, perhaps a player you've not heard much about from Pike High School, transferred to Mount Vernon in Posey, so the one down by Evansville. He's having a big summer, and he is definitely a guy that if you're in the Evansville area, you're going to want a chance to get it. You're going to want to take a chance to go watch him play. Aaron Humphrey, six foot five inch junior from Warren Central, has transferred to Tinley. Leighton McGovern, Leighton McGovern, has transferred from Center Grove to McCutcheon. He is the half brother of Draven Gibbs, who is going to be a sophomore at McCutcheon, who we just discussed got the offer from Purdue. Gabe McNary, another Avon transfer, this one to Warren Central. Trevor Taylor, uh, who had been a two-year starter, three-year starter at Edgewood, transferred to Bloomington South High School. And then James Webster, who had been a kid at Ben Davis that I liked a lot. He got a chance to play some varsity as a freshman, and then he disappeared. <laughs> didn't None of us, you know, didn't really know they had coaching change, so then he disappeared. We just didn't know much about him. Evidently, he had transferred to Ottawa Hills, Michigan, and now he is back in Indiana going to Crispus Attucks High School. So, Three names in the 2021 class who will have eligibility this year after transfers last year. Of course, the biggest one is in terms of in terms of impact and, and, and in terms of publicity is Brandon Hope, who last year, as we know, transferred from Forest Park to Bar Reeve. That was a controversial situation where he ended up missing the year uh, because did not meet the requirements to gain eligibility. Uh, Michael Howard, same thing, transferring from Hagerstown to Shenandoah. And for those that don't know, Michael is the nephew of Matt Howard, formerly of Butler. And then Cameron Banks transferred last year from Evansville Central to Heritage Hills. I believe that was like a late or late November, early December transfer. So there's still a chance he might have to miss some time to start the year out. But there didn't seem to be any sense that he was going to be eligible for anything before 365 days so so those are the juniors the, the or the incoming seniors excuse me the, the the two big ones for my for my money were the two kids leaving Avon and you know that puts Avon in a tough situation so they Avon was fully expecting to have a vast majority of their their production back from last year uh, they were they were an okay group last year they probably underachieved a little bit but again they play they play a very difficult schedule so you know you look at their losses individually and you think none of them probably look that bad on paper uh, but as a whole they they did struggle and they especially struggled early in the year but Brewer and McNary both of whom are having really strong summers uh, ha have transferred on McNary going to Warren Central where he gives them a large injection of size um they, they don't have a whole lot of size there at BD. Even some of their length in the past few years hasn't been what I would say big men. It's been more longer wings, you know, like Jacoby Robinson, like Jesse Bingham, those guys. Uh, the um, Chandler Jackson is another one of those type of players where he's 6'4", 6'5", but he's really more of a skilled wing and definitely not a big guy. And, and last year, Aaron Humphrey, who transferred from Warren to Tinley, really couldn't get much traction in, during varsity games. So, you know, he would have been a kid that probably would have moved up, you know, as some of those, a couple of those guards had graduated. He would have been a kid that moved up into a bigger role. But, but evidently he decided to move to Tenley. 
And then that opened up the need for Gabe McNary. Maybe not the need, but but that opened up a hole that was has been filled nicely by Gabe McNary. Now, for those that don't know much about Gabe, he's at six eight. He's definitely a rim protector. He is he's a, he's a ball screen rim run guy. He he does hit the offensive glass pretty well, and you know he's going to be a nice addition to go with the you know the go with the guards they've got, especially Malik Stanley. Those two guys currently play together at the AAU level for EG10, uh, and while I don't know how much that had to do with any decisions made on McNary's part, they they fit quite nicely, especially as it relates to ball screen action. So, new coach DeAndre Davis is going to have that little piece of puzzle to deal with and, and also his the transfer of his son, which we'll get to when we get to the incoming juniors. So that's going to be a nice addition for Warren Central. So Jaden Brewer, most of you, most of us know that Jaden Brewer is re- pretty much returning to Ben Davis. This is where he went to middle school. Uh, his family is pretty much Ben Davis family. Well, no, that's not true. I think his father went to Arlington, but, but – you know, Jaden has been a West Side kid, has been a BD guy. And when he showed up at Avon as a freshman, that was kind of a surprise. And and now he's he's back in the Ben Davis School District. So look for him to make an, an immediate impact, I mean, a big impact for them. They don't return much. The, the, the kids that they have uh, re- returning there are not what I would consider – you know, major offensive weapons. And I think they only had one re- regular starter back. Then they've got another, they've got, and that's the, um, back was, um, hold on a second, I'm sorry, it was Trevor Nibs. But he was not a consistent scorer. Now, you know, next year development, we'll see where that, you know, we'll see where that gets him. And then that moves in guys like Jesse Ferris, who's an incoming sophomore who had a handful of starts last year. Antonio Lizenby, um, who was also he may we may need to have him on the transfer list. Can't remember if he transferred in there last year or this year now. Pretty sure Lizenby was a transfer. Um, but Nibs is you know was really their only starting you know their regular starter returning from last year. So so Jaden's going to fill an important role. He's certainly an offensive weapon. He kind of plays a role as, as super athletic as he is. He, he can f- serve as a primary ball handler. Um, and, you know, his jump shot has really improved from last year. So Ben Davis is going to pick up a nice player there. So um, Trevor Taylor's the interesting one. He's had, you know, he's he's been a very big part of the Edgewood system these last three years. And, you know, his transfer to Bloomington South, you know there was some there was some grumblings of chemistry issues with Edgewood, and you know it's you know there's definitely no placing the finger of blame on any situation. But but um, here we have Taylor in in the wake of Leal and, and Jagger, Grant, uh, Noah Jagger and Anthony Leal graduating, and, and you know two two Division one guards. Trevor's looking at, you know taking this opportunity, and and you know Pl- Bloomington South. Size-wise is a step up. Schedule-wise is a step up. Um, Edgewood has had their fair share of success the last few years, uh, especially, you know, in class basketball. But, uh, you know, Trevor will make a nice addition to, you know, what they have in Connor Hickman, Joey Bamba. I started to say Nick Clay, but but 
Kleber is at uh, Bloomington North. So either way, Trevor Taylor is going to join Hickman and, and Bamba, and that's still going to be a very potent uh, perimeter for Bloomington South, something they're used to having. So uh, the, the, other, the other two, the Gordon one we've talked about, we've touched on a little bit. Noah Gordon is a six foot six inch power forward who had limited offensive touches at Pike. Uh, good rebounder, very good defender, and this spring and summer has just been really impressive with his offensive ability. Now he has shown three point range. I'm not sure I would wrap part of my offense around it, but he has also shown the ability to score off the dribble especially as he gets in the, if as he gets catches into the middle of the paint. So whether that be mid post or high post, he's been able to he's been effective scoring off the bounce and I think he's also effective with his back to basket uh, certainly against you know I, I, when he has a positive matchup, which is going to be a lot of times unless he's facing just like a definite D1 caliber defender inside. So you know Gordon will be he's a, he's a kid that's got a really good motor and it'll be interesting to see how what happens down there for Mount Vernon. I don't know much about their program. I don't think too many people outside of the Evansville area knows much about their program. Uh, but but he is definitely going to be a great addition, and will be a highlight. You know, will be a featured player in the area. So staying down in that area, Chase Garrett, South Spencer. Again, his father Josh played on uh, with Kent Air and Brad Air on on some of the best teams South Spencer's had in the last thirty years and. And Josh, if you don't know, was a major or was a pitcher, you know, professional pitcher um, in the Boston Red Sox farm system. He had uh, really, with some injuries, didn't get much higher than AAA, um, which for most of us is better than what we, that what most of us do at, at what it is we're good at. Uh, extremely, uh, extremely talented basketball player, six foot five when he played. Uh, he could play pretty much any position at the high school level from a basketball perspective. And, you know, he was a kid that would have been a Division One basketball player had he chose to go that route, but but he opted for baseball. So so baseball kind of takes him down to Tampa and where he – not Tampa, but uh, down to Fort Myers where he is part of the Red Sox farm system. And while not knowing his uh, residential history, I'd say he made his home down there and, you know – started a family so now here all of a sudden we got Chase Garrett coming back and if for those of you that are in the area and have read the newspaper reporting about it um, he is a kid that um, you know just his grandfather's Steve who I've got a chance to meet many years ago has had some health issues and, and with COVID uh, the family just decided it was time to come back home so Chase who's getting some light recruitment from division one schools and, and definitely division two and NAI schools is now in Indiana for the first time and going to get a taste of of serious high school basketball. So good luck to Chase, and hopefully I get a chance to reconnect with his dad. But, um, you know, he's going to be a fine addition. South Spencer pretty much returns everybody from last year, and they were an extremely good team last year, and he'll, he'll help them be better and, and maybe even a favorite um, at, the, at the 2A level. So... I think that covers most of the transfers that will make the biggest impacts. I mean, we've already discussed Michael Ely at Elevation Prep. Um, no need to get too much into detail there. Not seen a whole lot on what their roster is going to look like, but um, 
you know, he's taken a leap, and that's about the extent that I know of it. So, uh, Brandon Hope at Bar Reeve, I think he's going to keep them. His being eligible now for the school season, he will keep them one of the top 2A schools in the state. I know it was just recently, recently announced that they are going to come up and play Carmel uh, over Christmas break, and looking forward to that. And it's, it's good to see when you see a small school that has some talent start to schedule up. And that's, that's something that is going to help showcase Brandon a little bit. And it's also going to help showcase their guards uh, that, that we've, we've liked so well when we had a chance to see him play. So uh, Michael Howard, Shenandoah has got three really good players, three really good perimeter players in, in Andrew Bennett, um, Kay McCullough, and um, Jacob Kinsey. Howard's a high motor, high motor forward from Hagerstown who, who rebounded well as he started as a freshman. Or I'm sorry, as he started when he was he started as a freshman and sophomore. Then spent last year sitting out as he transferred to Shenandoah. So he's going to give them something they've not really had, which is just a bigger body and, and a kid who's sort of willing and able to do the dirty work on the court. Um, Cameron Banks, Evansville Central to Heritage Hills. Don't know much about him. Um, I know he was a varsity performer as a sophomore. What type of production he had, don't know much about it, but the Heritage Hills people are excited to have him. And, and again, they, they lose two really good scores in um, Murray Becker, Simon Sherry. Losing those two guys, you know, it's going to be nice to have Banks come in and give them an injection of a perimeter player. Perimeter player depends you – know, I've seen reports where he's more of a shooting guard. I've also seen reports where he is uh, more of an off-ball player. But but at 6'3", he seems to bring good size to both positions. So definitely going to be a welcome addition there to Heritage Hills to go with Sicily. So uh, moving on to the class of 2022, uh, Deontay Davis transferred from Lawrence Central to Warren Central, of course, when his father took the job at Warren Central. That was a big deal. Um Isaiah Davis transferred six foot eight inch forward transfers from Zionsville to Greenwood Christian. Caden uh, Kapwiki transferred from Carmel to Homestead. Clark's or uh, Fletcher Lawyer from Clarkston, Michigan. His his brother is, is a player at Michigan State. Transfers from Clarkston, Michigan, also to Homestead. Here's a more recent one that's happened in the last couple of days. Brandon Razor Moore. Six foot four inch shooter from Jeffersontown, Kentucky, has transferred to Jeffersonville. So he'll join Ashton Davis as newcomers for Jeffersonville, uh, joining Will Lovings Watts uh, on that on that their perimeter. Uh, B.J. Smith is having a really good summer, and he is, he's a transfer to Crispus Attics from Lawrence Central, and then another coaching another coaching move created the transfer of Davion Turner transferring from Anderson to Indianapolis Tech as his father, Damon Turner, uh, took the head coaching job at, at Arsenal Tech. So not not quite as long of a list, uh, but certainly every bit as impactful. Um, the the lawyer one, Fletcher Lawyer, has already got a handful of offers, in, including a, a trio of Big Ten offers. Um, you know, moving to, moving to Homestead with Luke Good, tremendous outside shooter, Certainly for Homestead is going to be a great addition. You know, we can the recruiting part we've talked about a little bit. 
you know, there's some things I'd like to see from him physically. You know, he is he is thin, and at six two, he's still not an ideal size for a Big Ten shooting guard. Maybe he's a little taller than six two, um, but between that questionable height at that position and just thin, you know, we'll see. He's going to have some physical barriers that will. Um, you know, that will dog him when he's, especially when he's younger, you know, when it comes to getting on the court. So he's had tremendous success at, at, at the high school level at Clarkston. I think there's something like 68-4 and four with him at the varsity level. So that's not bad. And Clarkston is a traditionally a very good school, a very good basketball program up in Michigan. Produced Dane Fife um, and, and longtime coach by Dane's father. Um, so... You know, no question he's going to help Homestead. The the, the Cal Puiki addition, th- you know, this is a kid that played primarily JV at Carmel, was definitely going to be a kid that dressed varsity for Carmel this year. Maybe still get a majority of his minutes at the JV level. Uh, but he takes along his younger brother, Kyron, who we'll get to in the 2023 list. But maybe at Homestead he gives them a little bit of perimeter depth and – which may have been a little bit harder to come by uh, if he'd stayed at Carmel. His father uh, teaches at Manchester, is a professor at Manchester College, and they actually spent last year, or he actually spent last year, commuting uh, between between Manchester or North Manchester and uh, Carmel. It just got to be too much for the family, so they decided on the move. So. Uh, Deontay Davis, we talked about that when his father took the Warren Central job. I mean, any time a kid like this is a transfer, it, it just makes news. And it, it makes separate news. You know, some of these like Jaden Brewer would have been would have been that level of of interest. Uh, you know, but we decided to wait to talk about that here an extra week or so just because we knew we were going to have a transfer episode. So uh, Deontay Davis is six 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 seven. He's probably a little more skilled than his brother, who's at Louisville, was at that age. Um, a little bit longer, a little bit more athletic. DeAndre Jr., a little bit more purpose to his play. Um, but he and Nigel Pack were definitely you know, more of the central focal point of what Lawrence Central was trying to do when they were sophomores than what LC needed Deontay to do last year during his sophomore year. Of course, one game where Pack has to sit, Deontay goes out, gets a double-double like it's nothing. So definitely stepped up in a situation where they needed him to step up, and that was against Crispus Attucks. So, you know, look for Deontay to have a huge junior year. They, it's not like he's the only piece they're going to have. He's going to be with Malik Stanley, as we talked about earlier, uh, as well as Gabe McNary. So Warren Central's had going to end up having two pretty impactful uh, transfers coming into this year. Um, you know, and then they've again Chandler Chandler Jackson is going to be a you know one of their best shooters at six five. It's going to be a different looking Warren team. It's 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 going to be a, usually what they've had is this hard nosed pesky group of guards, maybe a little undersized, but but definitely able to create chaos defensively because of all the quickness. This group just brings a lot more length to the table. 
And if, if they can play with the same determination that uh, some of those guards did uh, before them, um, then, you know, that, that extra length, that extra size has a chance to be devastating, you know. And, and one thing's for sure, if you've ever watched DeAndre's teams play in the summer, um, you know, he will extend the defense. And it fit right in with DeAndre, his son, and it fit right in with Nigel and the group of kids they had. Um, I don't see that being any differently. So I'll be surprised if they don't extend their defense in the backcourt quite a bit. So B.J. Smith, I've heard good things about the spring and summer he's had. I've not had a chance to see the group he's with play. He plays for the George Hill 2022 team. He, uh, by all accounts, is, is having a good year. I just haven't seen enough of that team. Um, and then the, the last one to get to, well, Isaiah Davis, you know, kind of goes from a part-time role at Zionsville. Um, as a sophomore, he certainly would have had a bigger role this year, regardless of who was coaching. Of course, Zionsville hired J.R. Howe last week, or, yeah, it was finalized last Monday. Um, the Isaiah transfer, you know, it's a big get for Greenwood Christian. They've got a lot of six four, six five kids that play. He's going to bring them size like they've not had there. So it'll be a really good addition for them. Zionsville definitely loses a kid they were counting on having, although they do have a younger player, Nick Reinhardt, Reichhardt, who six foot seven, six foot eight, probably more skilled than Davis. And you know, I'm sure there would be opportunities for those two kids to play together, but. Um, you know, definitely, you know, Reichardt would be pushing him for playing time even if they weren't playing together. So, um, but a great pickup for Greenwood Christian. The last one, at least alphabetically, Davion Turner, a really good guard from Anderson. He had a good sophomore year individually. Anderson was just okay last year during the year. But um, he's effective. He's a, he's a player. He's got deep range. He, he shoots it well from the three-point line. He can attack off the dribble. You'd like to see him in situations where he's creating more for others. Um, but most of the times I've seen him play, he's been playing with Leland Walker in the AAU scene. So pretty much the recipient of that type of creation and not much of a primary ball handler unless Leland's not in the game, which isn't a whole lot for them. So Turner's going to have a chance at, at Tech. Uh, you know, Anderson plays a good schedule. Tech does too. So he's still going to have a, an opportunity to um, you know, to play in big games and, and get a chance to get some you know get a chance to get seen and and you know see if he can't get Arsenal Tech through the gauntlet that is sectional ten. So uh, quickly, two players that are staying put or should say returning to their school teams this year: Taven Jackson, Center Grove, uh, left the team midway through the year. Uh, Will Lovings Watts from Jeffersonville. Also left the team a little bit later in the year, but both those guys are going to return to the school ball. And um, it was actually Will Luffings Watts that helped me confirm the Brandon Razor Moore. So Razor Moore, not seen much of him. Have seen some stuff on Huddle since I since I caught his name. Um, again, six foot four, really good shooter. Don't know anything else about him. Have not seen much of him. His ability to put the ball on the floor. Have not seen anything on him defensively. Being an out-of-state guy up to now, I've not seen him play in the summer. Just not really a guy that was on my radar at all. So um, definitely will bring talent to – I mean, statistically he had a good year, and it looks good on film. So 
it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. And, and if Ashton Davis is more of a point guard, that will help Jeff um, going back up to that 2021 list because that will put him as a as sort of a, a creator for uh, Lovings Watts and um, Razor Moore because they lost Jacob Jones this year to graduation. So there's going to be a huge, huge opportunity for somebody to step in at the point and, and make it, make an impact. So, uh, moving quickly to 2023, I don't have a lot of these, so I, I'm sure there's going to be some that we've missed. Um, but the the main three are Jalen Hooks transferring from Franklin Central to Crispus Attics, DJ Moss, who is originally from Portage, transferring into Gary 21st Century. He's back in Indiana from Plainfield, Illinois. And then Kyron Kapwiki from Carmel transferring to Homestead. And, and just starting with him real quick because it's brief, a lot like his brother, he is probably the more talented of the two brothers that have transferred to Homestead. And it's possible that either one of them, if not both, could give them some depth at the varsity level. So I would still expect Kyron especially to get most of his minutes on JV. But at the same time, he's he's got some toughness to him. And, and I, from a Carmel perspective, don't like seeing him leave. But um, – you know, look, so look for him maybe to get an opportunity at the varsity level and, and see which one of those two gets those, maybe gets some of those minutes. The two main ones are Moss and Hooks. Moss is as potent of a score as there is in the 2023 class. He's, he's a silky smooth shooter. He gets the rim. He can dunks with either hand, um, which is harder than it seems. I says someone who's never dunked a basketball, definitely in live action. Um, but, um, you know, Moss is a kid that will benefit from being in the wake of Johnny Davis. And, bef and before that, Eugene German, two extremely high scores that, came in one right after the other. So here comes Moss now with an opportunity to be that guy for three years. Um, six foot four, long, capable defender. Sometimes gets a little lost off the ball, loses his focus a little bit. But again, function of youth. But a dynamic score. He can stroke it. He put the ball on the floor. He, he's outstanding when he gets downhill. And like I said, he can finish through people. Uh, not at will. He's thin. Um, but just look for him to put up some large numbers here for the next three years. So the the main one is the Hooks one. You know, and that's – he was a kid that started a Warren Township. As Chris Byers took the Franklin Central job, job moving over from Warren Central, Hooks ended up going to Franklin Central for his freshman year. Now, um, you know, the ITSA doesn't deal much with kids – that make school decisions before their freshman year. So basically, unless there's, unless there's anything, you know, there's a lot of rumors, things like that. I know there's some puzzlement from the Warren from Warren Township on how Hooks ends up at Franklin Central, uh, but the bottom line is, it's you know these things are family decisions, and the IHSA doesn't really touch it. Um, in you know, unless there's, unless there's something, um, you know, weird that can be proven, not just rumored. You know, any, all, most of these transfers come with rumors, and, and a vast majority of them are unsubstantiated. So uh, Hooks decides he wants to go to Franklin Central. 
I thought he had a good experience. I thought he I thought it, he learned from it. I thought his I watched him play this summer a little bit off the ball. He's very good. He's ex, he moves extremely well for a young kid off the ball. And you know, being a motion snob that I am, I attribute much of that to Coach Byers. And you know, you look at how Javon Small has developed. And I know these guys look. Most of these guys have their own individual guy. But there's still only so much you can do individually. There's there's only so much you can simulate. So a lot of that development has to be applied and continued in practices and in smaller group workouts when they're with their school teams. You know, so everybody has their role in this development. And, and the ability to play without the basketball um, really benefited Hooks. I think it's also benefited Small, and you can just give Coach Byers a lot of credit for that. So moving over to Crispus Attics, to me he's moved over into more traffic. I mean, Attics certainly returns more um, more offensive production than what well maybe they don't return more but they because they lose sincere McMahon at least in terms of points and shots but but they still they've got Donovan Barnett they've got they have uh, Jalen Carson you know they've got um, you know other kids to go with that group and you know those are going to be two guys that soak up a lot of touches where Hooks had he stayed at Franklin Central you know, probably would have been right there with small in terms of 1A and 1B in terms of touches and, and opportunities to run offense through them. So, um, but at the end of the day, too, you know, there were some rumors that Hooks was going to go to Attics from the beginning. And so it just, you know, maybe this was just something that he, he still kept his eye on and wanted to do. But but he's at, he's at Attics now, and, and Attics will, again, be very formidable. Uh, they've... The two guys I've already named, they also have another sophomore, incoming sophomore, Kushan Ware, who's very talented, a, a good outside shooter and a kid that's, whose game's maturing. He's able to make plays off the dribble, make better decisions off the dribble, and is certainly a capable defender. So, um, you know, Attics is going to continue to be a factor in, in central Indiana and, and certainly will be a factor come March. So. Well, that, that does it for transfers this year, and, and, and I'm sure we'll miss some. Um, you know, people will listen to this, and I'm sure we'll send a message saying you forgot this kid or you forgot that kid. And, and if that's the case, I don't think we missed anybody obvious. Um, to me, the big winners were certainly Homestead, Warren Central, Jeffersonville. Th those were the biggest winners um, in terms of overall talent. I think in terms of – changing the complexion of their team. I think Mount Vernon gets a great pickup and Noah Gordon. Um, I don't think he's like any player they've probably ever had there, and at least in a long time in terms of talent. And, you know, it remains to be seen what he can do offensively as a primary guy. And But he, but he goes in there at least one of the top two big men in the Evansville area uh, between him and Sicily. Um, I don't know if you count Bar Reeve as an Evansville area. Uh, if you do, then you got to throw Brandon Hope in that discussion. But it's definitely him and Sisley down there in the deep southwest part of the state. Um, the, uh, the the two transfers due to coaching changes, um, Turner's going to walk into a situation where he's going to have to fill the sort of the same role he did at Anderson, probably have some more talent to go around with him, certainly have more experience to go around with him than what he had last year. Because if you know, Anderson had four freshmen that got some varsity minutes last year two of whom played quite a bit. Um, but And then Deontay Davis goes from 
you know, playing in a program with his brother and with Nigel Pack, two high major players, to a little bit more of a to a program that probably is going to return more than what LC would have. Um, if you if you remove Deontay from the equation and just consider the other players, but then also the you know the arrival of of Gabe McNary, uh, Warren Central certainly made out extremely well this off season, and um, you know so that's it. I mean it's not like I mean Jaden Brewer is going to make an impact. Uh, we Antonio Lizenby is going to make an impact at Ben Davis. Trevor Taylor is going to make an impact at Bloomington South. I mean all these guys are going to make impacts. I think the biggest loser is Avon. They lost two key components uh, to what their varsity was last year. Um, so, you know, be, it remains to be seen what they have coming back and, and how that's going to affect affect their wins and losses next year. So so that about does it for the, for the transfer episode. I'm sure there will be others that uh, will pop up along the way, and we'll certainly discuss them as they come. We may revisit this list again once we get into the season and and get a better feel for maybe how some of these guys are playing. And that may be something that we touch on after the season starts. Um, but, but that's the list we've got. So there's a total of 20 transfers on this list, three players that will get eligibility this year after sitting out last year, and two players who effectively are returning to their varsity roster after not completing the season last year. So that's going to be a nice injection of talent for teams that they didn't have last March. And hopefully we get a chance to have a March this year. And, um, you know, so everybody cross your fingers and hope fall sports go well. Uh, we've at least started to have some football, started to have some football games. Some scrimmages went through and then there's, there's been some cancellations since then, but I think they're just going to be piece by piece. And hopefully it doesn't get to the point where it gets so overwhelming where, we have to start wiping things out as a whole. So, so um, wish for good luck and, and good health on the hope of all fall sports participants. But certainly football, I think, is the main one that sort of paints the pictures whether or not basketball and winter sports is going to be realistic. So, so that does it for episode 25. Uh, again, I appreciate your, uh, your listening, and, and I want to thank Zach Tyler again for, for being part of this podcast and apologize again for having to rip up our effort last night. Again, that was my fault. Um, but uh, and, and once more, our uh, podcasts are subscribable through Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and SoundCloud. So until next week, I want to thank everybody for listening.